0: On to our conversation for this hour. Last week in the open line, we received a call from Brenda out in, in Springbok in the Northern Cape. She was expressing her frustration. This is about schools in the area, particularly the Namaqua district, that are using Afrikaans as a medium of instruction. She says that um, as parents, they have been given no alternative to 74 schools that all um, use Afrikaans as the medium of instruction. I want to bring you part of what she had to say in that conversation.
1: All public schools in the Napa region, all 74 public schools are still Afrikaans' medium. Our children are still subjected to be forced to be taught and learn in Afrikaans. They do math in Afrikaans, science, everything.
0: And, and Brenda, you say that you've previously raised concerns about this. How did you go about doing that?
1: Other parents before me started in 2006, they failed. And I started in 2018. I have started from the district department. We went to the schools. We formed a parents movement. We even um, met with the MEC of Education in 2019. Things didn't go well. We we met with the Portfolio Committee of Basic Education two times. The last time we met in 2022, where they said we must have a task team, where Chief Director Ngebe was here, then that task team was formed, but nothing was happening in that task team because the Department of Education did not want these meetings to be held. After that, we all decided as a task team that we needed someone to be a chairperson, that will be neutral. So we've asked the Human Rights Commission to be part of this meeting. Then that person could chair the meeting. So from that time, we've never received any uh, minutes from the meetings and no progress for more than 12 months has been uh, successfully done. Mm -hmm. We've complained even to D. Jim where uh, the, I don't know if she's still HOD, Mrs. Marese, she came to Springbok and met with us. She said that we should not have taken post in Springbok where we should have researched it. And then if we don't get our children uh, uh, spa- uh, spaces in the public school, then we have to enroll our kids at the private schools that we cannot afford
0: All right, so that gives you the perspective then of one of the parents that has been uh, trying to fight this issue. While joining us this morning, Sean Baker is the deputy chairperson of the Parents Movement, of which our caller Brenda is part. Sean, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning. James Nglebe is the Chief Director, Planning and Monitoring Support in the Department of Basic Education. He's also been dealing with this matter. Nd-Nglebe, good morning.
2: Good morning, KC, and good morning to the representatives of the current.
0: And Professor Tabo ditsele is an Associate Professor of Sociolinguistics and Linguistic Anthropology at the Tswane University of Technology. Professor ditsele good morning to you. Thanks for your time. Uh, good morning, Kathy, and thanks for having me. Sean, let me kick it off with you. As we heard from Brenda, this has been an issue that some parents have been tra- taking up right through from the early 2000s. And one would anticipate that with the change in the country by now, 30 years on, there would have been some level of progress when it comes to trying to at least have some of the schools in the Namaqua district offer English as a medium of instruction and we're talking here about public schools. Why have you not gotten far with this initiative? What do you think the problem has been?
3: Um, I really, uh, you know, the problem for us on this whole matter is that um, the Department of Education do not want English as edu- instruction in schools. They told us bluntly in our meetings that English education is not a priority for them uh, and the cooperation between the parents movement and the Department of Education does not exist. Um, we, we do all everything in our matters to see how we can um, prove to them that there's a need for English education. Um, we've done three surveys. First of all, before we started, uh, we have had a uh, um, petition signed up by parents just in this area of Springbok itself, where myself and, and the parents of the task team went through, and uh, we signed 760 um, copies. After that, the second survey was done by the Department of Education. They never let us know that they started a online survey, and for two months, they was. They, they battled to get 236 signatures. We asked them for hot copies so we can go out and see what we can do. Within three days, we signed 93 copies. In the third su- survey they've done is the one that was presented to the HOD and MEC. Um, we went out and walked around in, in, in the Oakkeep, Springbok, Nababib, um Persig, just the surrounding areas around here whereby we've collected 407 hard copies signed and the department had 236 signed copies online. Of our 407 department could not um, tell us where 67 of our hard copies disappeared to it. Somehow just disappeared by the department. They could never get any recognition about it. We are actually having a major struggle to, um, to the, the task team that was established. <clears throat> Mr. Englebe instructed the Department of Education to estab- establish a task team. The task team consisted out of us as the Parents Movement, the Department of Education, and various uh, heads of schools in the surrounding area, where some of these heads of schools just sort of bluntly refused to speak even English in a meeting stating that they are Afrikaans and Clark. I mean, we are living in a democratic, democratic country for 30 years now. And yet, there's a failure to, to present English as a medium of instruction in schools. And, and our children, no matter where they come from, I mean, all the areas around you have got a lot of tuck shops. None of these tuck shops are run by Namaqualanders. It's all from uh, people outside the country and they're all english we've got mines working and where people are working in the mines, they can't bring the kids from other provinces to namakwa because it's all english we're sitting with major major issues of, of a language barrier people that's chinese people that's uh, um, indian muslim they all of them are forced by the school to educate their child in afrikaans which is a still uh, apartheid language and we cannot understand how the ANC has been ruling Namakwa for 30 years and still allow Afrikaans as a medium of instruction only in Namakwa. We do not say take Afrikaans away because that, that is the language around here. But yet more than 50% of the people I spoke to in the area since I moved here in 2020 from the Western Cape say they would prefer their child to be brought up in an English education for future education, our, our children that come from other provinces can never ever um, get the grades or the marks to one they qualify to be accepted in universities or or colleges because there's a certain percentage they must receive. All right. Of because the all right. Because okay.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Complete that thought, Sean.
3: Because the 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 the. Um, they do not understand the Afrikaans language so nicely including my own son um they struggle just to pass the grade left alone to get a good mark to one day qualify I mean uh, if I look at myself and Brenda's children both of them are, are grade 11 and starting next year grade 12 but we've got two years to be able to solve this problem so our children can also go and study further one day and none college or university in South Africa is presenting or giving classes in Afrikaans anymore.
0: Okay, all right. Thank thank you for, for, for that context. Um, that was the voice of Sean Baker, who's the deputy person of the parents' movement. You've also heard him describe why this is such a big problem for that community. James Leber, you're the chief director, planning and monitoring support in the Department of Basic Education. Why has this matter taken so long? You've been the individual that in many instances has been the central contact point, I mean, for your official, to tell these parents that you know they simply don't want English in their schools that um, cannot be something that the department supports
2: uh, Thank you Cassie um, the, the report that you're receiving is it, very correct the parents have contacted Parliament uh, especially the Portfolio Committee twice they have been communicating with um, Mr Mweli, the Deputy. I mean, the Director General of the Department of Basic Education, and that's how we, we got involved in the issue. The reality of the matter is schools in Namakwa have always been led by Africans, and there have been African schools. Now, we're dealing with issues of legislation here, legislation that puts the powers to determine language policy in the hands of the school governing bodies. And currently, as the South African uh, Schools Act stands, it is the SGB that determines the language policy of a school. It's something that we are trying to deal with when we introduce the Bella Bill, which has been passed by the National Assembly, it is in the NCOP, where the department can now influence the decisions that are taken by the SGB. But currently, it is the SGB that have a final say. So if you do have an SGB that has been elected and and uh, by parents and given a mandate, that the language policy of this school is going to be applicants, you can go anywhere, no court of law will allow you to overrule that type of a thing that's how we lost a lot of cases and that's why we're
0: introducing the
2: benefits. and 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 On and, and, and
0: that- so, 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 sorry sorry James to the extent that a part of that decision now is disenfranchising an entire community of people um, and can also largely be seen to be discriminatory um w- do you believe that there's a constitutional basis for why the status quo has remained in place this whole time?
2: Uh, allow me to continue, Casey. Okay. Now, there are other pieces of legislation that come into play here. There are funding norms. How government funds education through equitable share. And this is a number game. A number game that goes to law that says a school needs to have about 135 learners to be recognized as a primary school. And the high school needs to have about 200 learners in order to be recognized as a secondary school, and nothing in between. And that is the latest law where schools are categorized in that session. Okay, just, just,
0: James, sorry to come in there. Just give me those numbers again. So to be a primary school, you need how many learners?
2: about 135 to be considered to be a viable school.
0: Okay, and then high school? And it's
2: 200.
0: All right, okay, all right, thank you.
2: Now, now, th- those numbers are given because there is a teacher-learner ratio that have to be adhered to for a school to be functional. And this teacher-learner ratio says you need 40 learners per teacher in a primary school, and you need 35 learners per teacher in a secondary school. So if you mix those uh, teacher-learner ratio and what a viable school is all about, it then tells you that in order to introduce a subject, you need to put in one class 40 children in a primary school, then a, a, a subject can be introduced. So if you say all subject needs to be taught in English, you are actually saying about Eight teachers must be appointed for a grade eight class, for example, because they do about eight subjects there. So you need about eight teachers for one class to be taught. And Casey, this is normally what is causing much of the problem because it is not doable.
0: Okay. I know James, teachers, James, James, I'm going to ask you to pause it there. The conversation on the talking point this morning, we're looking at the issue of Um, uh, schools in the Namakwa district that uh, they have 74 schools in that area. All of them offer Afrikaans as the medium of instruction. Parents are saying this is incredibly unfair and they've been making calls for this to change, at least to have some schools offer English as a medium of instruction as they feel it discriminates against um, their children. And it's also prejudicial for those children who may have started uh, their education Um, in English and now have to convert to Afrikaans and simply do not have any other option Uh, private schools in the area seem to be the only ones that offer um, English as a medium of instruction but of course not all parents can afford those private schools. Sean Baker is the Deputy Chairperson of the Parents Movement Uh, he's been making the case for the parents. James Nglebe, Chief Director, Planning and Monitoring Support in the Department of Basic Education and Professor Thabo Di is an associate professor of sociolinguistics and linguistic anthropology with the Tswana University of Technology. So James, just to round off um, what you were saying before the break, you believe that uh, part of the reason why you as the education department have not been able to implement this is number one Uh, schools are led by sgbs and it's up to them to decide the language of instruction and you are saying that's why you can't intervene but you also seem to be raising the issue of resources saying it will be practically impossible for the education department um to support uh, a policy where english becomes a medium of instruction if i'm understanding you correctly james
2: Partly, Casey, that, that, that is correct. Um, it's a matter of the number of teachers that are required. And these are based on the number of learners. That is how the department is funded by Treasury. But we, we then, as a department, intervene by bringing all these parties together, the parents, the unions, uh, the SGB associations, and say, can we have a task team? So our understanding of a task team is that a trust team is a group of people that have interests, that do not have sort of a leader. Decisions are made by consensus out of those. What we are aiming to achieve is that the people in Springbok need to meet as a collective and look at what is doable. Doable in the sense of do a research. How many of those parents want their, English, their children to do or, or subject in English. Secondly, where can this happen? But but they in say that they've one...
0: done that research, Tabo. Uh, sorry, yes, James. Yes,
2: yes. yes they've, they've done that research because we requested for the research to be done. Now, they are differing in terms of how many of these families they have come up with. I want to use the 700 that Sean is bringing about, why it still becomes problematic. We thought we could have a safe scene approach If you take the 700 that they are referring to, are 700 learners that are scattered all over Namakwa, children that are also scattered in different grades, which makes it impossible to put them in one class and make a grade. So if you understand the geography of the Northern Cape, you will understand that these children are living far away from each other in such a way that it is impossible to bring the size of them and put them in a class and say, this is the grade eight class, and that is the paper. So you end up with numbers like five in a class, hmm. like 10 in a class, which still does not meet the norms
0: and standards. So, 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 so James, I, 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 I hear what you're saying about the logistical challenges, but it doesn't take away from the responsibility that the education department has um, to provide education that is ex- accessible um, to learners at a very basic level?
2: You, you you can't work outside what has been legislated. You will never get funded. You will have problems, especially with the auditor general, because you can't provide a teacher for 10 learners because they have to... Meet the minimum basic, uh, yes, conditions. but
0: but what, what it sounds like to me, James, is that the education department is f- effectively saying L- this is too much of a headache for us to try and solve because it doesn't fit um, within the standards that we've come up with. So we're simply not going to deal with it at all. I am saying you know, that surely th- there needs to have been more effort to try and see how the problem can be solved, than to say that just because it doesn't fit what we have uh, in black and white, then we move away from it.
2: Not, not, not correct, Casey. Let, 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 let me correct you. The reason why there was this <sighs> team that was established called a trust team that includes the parents as well, it was lo- to look into different options that are available. For example, we were looking at different models a model that says, are we going to have a dual medium, a school that has English and Africans at the same time? Are we going to have multi-grade teaching where you have different learners in the same class, but, uh, but they're doing different grades? Are we going to have issues like code switching, for example, where a teacher moves between English and Africans as they teach? And for that to happen, Katie, is not something that a department or anybody can go down and instruct. Because you need to deal with even basic conditions of employment of those teachers that are there. When they were employed, they were employed as teachers for a particular reason and for a particular subject. Okay, And because All right. they are managed by unions, you're entering <coughs> into a labor dispute. That is why we brought SLU. We brought Sachi in there so that they can convince their teachers to to be open to these type of suggestions. That I all right, all right, James. I'm, the
0: James, I'm going it's to ask you to pause it there. James, I'm going to ask you to pause it there. I want to bring in um, Professor Dital in this conversation, uh, Prof. You know, there's two main arguments that are at play here. It's really what is in the best interests of these children that have to go through the schooling system, but also what the department deems as being logistically viable. Your own impressions of this situation and why it is important um, that there is diversity offered at these schools.
4: Uh, Excuse me. Thank you very much, Kathy. Uh, The problem, Kathy, begins with legislation. I I agree with Mr. Nglebe uh, that, uh, you know, to some extent, the government, I mean, the department is is hamstrung. It cannot do anything. It doesn't have a lot of movement or room to move. Um, But my question really is, people who crafted the South African Schools Act, why did they not anticipate this problem? Because this act was passed under the new dispensation. Anybody uh, would have foreseen that uh, if you leave the decision of language policy in the hands of the SGB or parents through the SGB, you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems of people who refuse uh, to let go. Of what was the situation in the past? I want to give you two examples of uh, you know uh, attitudes around the school. Perhaps to par- to to uh, paraphrase it, or you know, as a preface, to say um, the the legislation does not give power to parents who live in an area it gives power to parents whose children go to a particular school so if the demographics of a of a town uh, uh, changes there's nothing that you can do there is a school case every age on the news in pretoria north uh, that school is dual medium it uh, it teaches in english and in africans uh, so the sgb in that school i can't remember the name is general something in that school have decided that they will allow English to be used as a medium of instruction, but it's limited to one grade. So you have one grade one, one grade two, one grade three, on and on. But when it comes to African's medium, they they say classes may, can be more. So what that means is, or what is the, lo- the, 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 the reasoning behind this? The reasoning behind this, I would suspect, is to keep children who... Uh, who are taught in English to a minimum, to, for the numbers never to catch up to those whose uh, first, uh, I mean, uh, medium of instruction is Afrikaans. So that when it comes to voting in SGB, parents of those children can never outvote them so that, that is that would be the, the reason for such a school uh because let's face it in south africa english in a school is a proxy for black so if you allow some space for english in a school in no time in, a, in you know within a decade that school will change to being a majority english medium school or a single medium english medium school so communities Avoid this by uh, stonewalling for, from saying, w- this is an African school, period. Now, the second example that I want to touch on quickly is the communities of, you know, two suburbs of St. Jerion, and the Ritz. I used to live in that area. Way back in the early 2000s, the community, the community said, we have two schools in the area, Light School Rohezgral and Light School Eitzch. So the community then said, let us introduce English at Eitzch or High School Eitzch so that over the years, the school could become English medium. And today, that school is completely has completely changed into being an English medium school. And that also has sp- spilled over to the nearby high school, which is Eitzch uh, High School. So you can see the communities was mature enough about the language to say demographics of Centurion have changed. Now that they have changed, let's look at how we can accommodate other people. Now, in a place like Namakwa Land, where you you know the place is sparsely populated, uh, I think that community doesn't have the luxury that the community of St. Julian would have. Because St. Julian is, is a bigger town. Um, you know, even if you have to travel to a an English medium school, you don't have to do 20, 30 kilometers. It would be near nearer you. But back to the original point that I made, the problem lies with legislation. Uh, for as long as legislation mm. is structured like mm. this, we're not going to have any movement. So the Biller Act is correct because um, it's going to empower the, 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 you know, the, the Department to say, come on, in this area, the demographics have changed so much that there is a the need to accommodate sure. other learners.
0: Uh, Prof. Titele, are you saying that within the current legislation, there is no other option that is made uh, available to the education department. So they've exhausted every opportunity or or, or possibility of maneuvering that is available to them.
4: Yes, Cathy, the simple answer is yes. Everything stops with the SGB. If the SGB of a particular school says no, you remember the case of World called MLO? There was a recent case in Vanderbilt Park where the then MEC of Education tried to have learners go into high school and be taught in English. And he lost that case mm. uh, because the South African Schools Act is quite clear. The, uh, the, the representative from, 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 from DBE is correct. No court of law will side with someone who tries to veto a decision by the uh, by the by, the SGB. So, what needs to happen is that 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 act, the president needs to sign it, so that it becomes law in but cases prof, such why, as this. why why
0: not build why not build an an English school then, if if it's such that, a problem? There are seventy four schools that offer Afrikaans as a medium of instruction. Why not build an English school then?
4: That is that is that is one option available. So the question I hear from the from the representative of Mr. Ngebe, is that it's not financially viable. And that is another problem where you use ratios to commodify education. Education should never be commodified to say, hey, for it class to be viable, it has to be this number. I mean, I went to school in the 70s and in the 80s, and I went to, I grew up in a village that was quite small. It didn't matter what the numbers were. that school mm-hmm. had one, one teacher in primary school, one teacher per class, regardless of how low the numbers were. Now, right. under the new dispensation, commodification of education is the order of the day.
0: Sean, let me bring you in, give you a chance to respond before we go to a break, and then I bring in the voices of, of so many people out in Namakwa uh, who feel that they're being disenfranchised by this decision.
3: Um, yes, Cathy, uh, they're quite right about the numbers. But I want to rectify Mr. Glebe here. The 706 signatures we received, we've done only in two weeks. And we only done that in Springbok. Only in Springbok. We walked around up and down the streets of Springbok and got people to sign the petition. That was only in Springbok. Uh, Also, when the HOD and MEC had a meeting with us, I said to them, if they create an English um, medium education support for that most of the kids that's currently Afrikaans will move over are they not then going to sit with the same problem of racial numbers are they not going to have lesser amount of Afrikaans kids where they're not going to be able to sit with teachers to be able to teach Afrikaners because all these seven hundred and six signatures were not English they were all Afrikaans people let's say that they prefer the child or the children say they prefer to be taught in English now if they talk about numbers and they take away a uh, high thin maybe got 2,000 kids, and 700 of those 2,000 kids decide they want to be English educated, they're going to sit with the same ratio um, problem of where is the 35 per Afrikaans kids per teacher? Where? Why are there not 35 kids per teacher then? They, this ratio or the number figures are only there to steamroller this whole situation and say, we do not want in English education. Right. I think that they really got to put back and, and, and say, let's look at the children's future. Let's build a nation. Let's build, because the kids down here that finish the trick, Kathy, that most of them fall into drugs, alcohol abuse. The mm. young girls are getting two to three children in a row so they can live off sasa money. There is no work or further education. The kids cannot live in Namakwa. It's too small, and there's not enough work. They cannot go out of Namakwa to go and work. Uh, We've got a a, a TV college here in Okid where more than half, 60 to 70% of the kids are actually coming from Eastern Cape, uh, Western Cape, Pumalanga, Gauteng. They, They come and study here. Our All kids right. don't study yet because they do not understand the English language.
0: Okay. All right. We'll have to pause it there. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll continue with this conversation. We'll also hear from some of the parents, uh, again, directly affected by this.
4: Kathy <coughs> on SAFM.
0: We continue the conversation on the talking point. Like I said, quite a number of messages um, coming through from parents uh, in Namakwa who've been directly affected by this. Um, One says, hi, uh, this is from anonymous in Springbok. I hear Mr. James talking about policy in regard to making English education possible. Parents have been engaging with him for a couple of years. If they were willing to assist, shouldn't they have considered reviewing their policies by now? Another parent says, we're struggling here in Namakaland. Our kids are suffering in those Afrikaans schools. Some of the teachers tell them they must learn Afrikaans because you came to Namakaland. They will learn, yes, but what happens before then? Do they not have the right to education just like any other child in Namakwa land? As somebody else, I would like to remain anonymous. I'm one of the parents who've been struggling to get just a mere English medium school here in Namakwa. The department is always coming up with excuses. We have been patient, but our kids are struggling. We cannot have the same struggle of 1976 today. We only propose that they gradually introduce English medium in our schools. They can even do dual medium. Let me go to the phone lines. Anonymous, um, you're also calling from Namakwa. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, ma'am? I'm well, thank you.
1: I'm good. Yes, yeah, so you speaking to... Oh, I'm anonymous. Okay. Yes, I'm very concerned about this situation mm. Uh, because of, yes, my... I can see my cousins attended a school in Namakwa. The problem is he can't cope because of these Africans, because of he's doing the, the all the languages with Africans. So please, if they can do something about that so that they, they can assist others, because of Africans in all subjects is too difficult for them. Please assist in that. All right. Situation. All right. Thank Thanks for that.
0: Uh, I've got a, a, another parent on the line. Good morning.
1: Uh, good morning, Cathy, and the listeners. Yes. Um, I'm sitting here um, with a challenge. as My cousin's child, who's um, been released from the only private school that we have, um, being released is not a problem. As parents, they agreed with the school that it's fine after discussion. But now the challenge we sit in is that the child doesn't have any option to be placed in another school. So the school opened last week. But to date the child is sitting at home because They don't have any option. They thought of taking the child to Afrikaans school, but the child has been brought up in English school. So they can't place it will be a risk to put that child there. Yeah. So we will want the department at least to, to look at this mental cause emotionally and the child and the parents are not okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Such an important issue is that at at the end of the day, you know, this decision impacts the well-being of of children. It it is them uh, who who are delayed. I'm going to take one final caller. Uh, I believe it's also anonymous. I understand you're also a parent. Good morning, anonymous. Good morning, ma'am. Yes. Hello. Hi, you're live on the radio. Okay. Uh, Can I start? Yes. Ma'am,
5: my children grow up in uh, in Namakwa land, but it doesn't matter how they grow. What the matter is they are facing difficulties. As parents, we don't understand language. We came in Namakwa with uh, our own language. Now at school, they have to go back to home, and then we have to help them with their homework, and then we cannot help them because we don't understand the language. And the other thing is, it is traumatizing our children because I have to take my child to Eastern Cape because of she failed the, the standard nine. And then I have to start now to look for the private school, of which I didn't have money for that and I didn't prepare for that. And that it was also traumatizing my side because I had to struggle now to pay for the private school of which I didn't plan for. Plan for. So that thing, I, I I just beg that they can make a plan for our children to to, to be raised or to be taught in English in this area.
0: Uh, Thank you so much uh, for that call and how clearly you've put it on on the radio this morning, Uh, ma'am. Let me come back to to our guest. James, there's no question about the impact that this is having on parents. There must be something that the education department can do because in the absence of that, it means that these children are then condemned to the circumstances of not being able um, to be effective in class and failing, as we've just heard, and, and having no other alternative.
2: Thank you Kinsley, for that comment. Yes, there is something that can be done. One of your callers says, why don't you review the policy? And I've indicated the policy is under review, on, and it is with the NCOP as you speak. Um, I'm 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 really impressed by the analysis from the professor. When you take the community of Centurion and Pretoria, how they managed to get a school is because there were numbers there that were able to to establish a school from the beginning and and it was a viable school. But when you go to a place like Namakwa, I'm saying at any given time. Let there be sufficient numbers. They don't have to be 35 and 40 as prescribed. The, H-O- the former HOD of the Northern Cape had made a commitment that she would look into issues of numbers and reduce them so that we start somewhere. But here is the issue. There must be continuation. If you are beginning to open a class in, in grade eight, you must be sure that there are grade seven that are going to, to move into, and these eight are going to move into nine. It is those guarantees that need to be there. So what needs to happen is that the community of Namakwa, as we have directed, needs to work with the department in Namakwa, under our supervision, work with, with the unions in there, work with the governing bodies, we don't need to build a school in Namakwa, Kesi. We just need to make an arrangements and agree to empty a school so that children can move in, in there. If we can empty a school, we need to identify schools where we can have this dual language, dual medium, or a school where we can have multi-grade, a school that where switching is allowed. But it's going to be unfair to have 35 children and five English children in there, and then there are days of speech coding and all that because it eats into the time and all that. So the issue still goes back to numbers, that when they have these numbers and they have agreed on what needs to happen, it's so easy to communicate with the unions to relieve their teachers that can offer in English, then we advertise positions for English because it is drastically needed.
0: All right. James? James, we're going, to, we're going to have to leave it there. Unfortunately, um, we're completely out of time for that conversation. I think what we will do is that we'll have part two of it um, so that we're able to pick up from today's conversation to see then what are the steps actively that are being taken to resolve this issue. So it certainly won't be the end of it. It's time for the latest news update.